So hey guys, we're back. We're back with another podcast interview. Uh, today we're going to be talking to Dave Magullion, and he is the owner of Wyoming Territory Custom Hats up in Casper, Wyoming. Uh, Dave and I ran across each other through Instagram of all places. Um, he was probably searching something or getting some photos about Arizona, and he followed me, and then I turned around and followed him, and then we started exchanging you know, quick questions back and forth chatting. And then I, I said, dude, I, I need your number here. Call me. And then he has the amazing, this amazing story, how he ended up or where he was born. I think you were born in Kentucky, right? Exactly. Kentucky. Yep. And then he yep. ended up in, in Casper, Wyoming and uh, living a good life, married and, uh, and making cowboy hats. And it kind of started the dialogue about how me, I, I'm a city guy. And I don't really know anything about cowboy hats other than they, they go on your head. Um, and we're going to talk to Dave a little bit about cowboy etiquette, how uh, hats were made in the 1800s, how he makes hats now, uh, the type of hats that he makes. And, uh, and, and all of this is because of the folks over at the Tombstone Epitaph, uh, Arizona's longest running paper. Uh, if you're like me and you want to be immersed in history and you want to hold it in your hand and you want to say every, you know, every other month or so I get a newspaper from Tombstone, like you're a part of Tombstone. When you hold the epitaph, you can find out more about the epitaph at uh, tombstoneepitaph.com. And it's pretty, it's, it's pretty uh, easy uh, to, to become a subscriber. It's one year is 25 bucks, two years is 45 or three years is $60. Now, I recommend you do the three-year because, honestly, Mark Boardman is the editor, and he'll show up at your house every year and say, I want my check. And uh, if you're Mark, if you're listening, that we know that's not true. But, you know, it's you even save some money. If you do the three years, I think you save $15 instead of doing a year-to-year-to-year. So if you want to own some Arizona history, you want to hold it in your hand, you like a newspaper, not something digital like a Kindle, but a newspaper, and you get photos, and then... Bob Bowes Bell artwork shows up every month. Get a hold of the folks over at the Tombstone Epitaph at tombstoneepitaph.com. Also want to shout out to my friends over at the Wild West History Association. If you're like me or you thinking you could be like me, I don't and don't say that, but but if you're thinking that you want to be uh, like Mike, where you want deep researched history, true provenance, I mean deep true history, not the stuff you find out on those photo sharing apps or somebody said or somebody told me or whatever, but you want true provenance, then get a hold of the folks over the Wild West History Association, that's a WWHA, and if you want to become a member, which I am, I'm a member, uh, I did the three years for 175 bucks. Now, some people say, well, Mike, that's kind of pricey. Not for what you get out of it, including the Western Roundup this year is going to be up in Deadwood. And uh, But to get true provenance and the, the journals that you get um, are, are quarterly. They're a quarter inch thick, over 100 plus pages, and it's true research history. And if you want to become a member like I am and and uh, and and get true research, just deep dive history. Get a hold of the folks over at the Wild West History Association at wildwesthistory.org. That's wildwesthistory.org. So, like I'm telling you guys, I I kind of I got a hold of Dave. He had an interesting story. We got to talking. Found out he lives in Casper, Wyoming. 
found out that he was a hat maker and he makes custom hats and he's got a beautiful website. If you want to see his artwork, not artwork, but his hat work and just see how hats are made on a, on an individual basis, not on a factory where they're just kicked out. Like, you know, machines are like, zoom, 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 zoom. They're just kicking out millions of hats, but you want a hat that is, has got a personal touch that is made by a craftsman that all the little details Everything that you want in a hat, it could be the stitching, the color, the feel, the fabric, if you want beaver pelt, if you want this, if you, I mean, whatever it is, get a hold of Dave and you can do so at uh, wildcustomhats.com. That's wildcustomhats.com. Or you, like I said, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram by, by searching Wyoming Territory Custom Hats. And I follow them on Facebook, but it's, it's the little things that make a hat, and Dave can provide that for you, and that's really what you want. You want a beautiful hat that when you go out in public, that hat is as, is as important as you are, and that's what Dave can provide. So Dave, you're, we talked a little bit about you in a pre-call, because you're from Kentucky, and you live in Casper. How did, a, how did a guy go from born and raised in Kentucky? What's the story between the two spots? So, uh, I was born, we had a farm. I was always around horses and cattle growing up. Um, my dad had a, a passion for, for the livestock. And so uh, we were in the very western tip of Kentucky, right where the Ohio and Mississippi River run together. And uh, so uh, I just, I, I was a kid of the 60s and grew up with uh, the westerns on tv had such a fascination you know with that era and and hats and uh, so i just um, if i wasn't you know riding horses and and doing that when i was growing up i was uh, you know tinkering with hats and and just looking at different shapes and things like that and and uh, old historical photographs and and what the tv uh, and movies betrayed and, and things like that and the differences. And it just always fascinated me. And so when I graduated college, uh, I just had a love for the West and, and wanted to move out here. And so, uh, I was working for a trucking company, uh, at the time and had the opportunity, uh, after I graduated college and I came out to uh, Rapid City, South Dakota. Uh, eventually married a Black Hills girl, and and um, we have family in Wyoming, South Dakota, and Montana, and uh, and that's that's now home for us. And uh, so we've been out here for gosh, we've been in Casper for about almost six years, but uh, we are uh, I've been out out west since uh, probably late eighties, early nineties. When when you got to Casper, though. You weren't making hats then, or were you? Well, I was. I, I've been shaping hats for a long time, like working in some large Western stores. So there was one in Rapid City that I was at. That's no longer there. It seems like so many stores they've sold out and they've gone uh, the way of the, these big box stores. So you, there's only like a couple of different ones. It seems like across the United States. Uh, whereas, you know, it wasn't too many years ago, any little town you went into sounds, you know, it was like a mom and pop kind of Western store that you could go into. And, uh, those are just kind of a dying breed anymore. So I was doing hats. I did hats there, uh, for in Rapid City for, gosh, I forgot how many years, uh, on the side. 
and uh, was helping them. And and then I was also, when I got to uh, Casper, there's a large Western store here, kind of a mainstay downtown. It's been here for, uh, gosh, they've been in, in Wyoming over 100 years. And a uh, very neat story with them. They are uh, the, the man who, uh, the family member that started the store was in, uh, I think, Germany. He was in Europe anyway, and kind of give you the era. He saw uh, a Buffalo Bill Wild West show. And wanted to be a cowboy, so he jumped a ship and through, you know, just, uh, Providence, uh, came over to, uh, Port Laramie, worked on some big cattle ranches, eventually went into like a hardware business. And, uh, his son, Lou Talbert, uh, was the one that eventually moved it to, uh, Casper. And I think that happened in like the forties. And uh, so they've been here since uh, the 1940s, and now it's the third generation is running this this store. There's nine different floors. It's a huge store, but I do the hats there for them. And so it's it's really fascinating because I get to work with the people that I like to be around. You know, it's like the ranchers, the cowboys, uh, those kind of folks, and and that's really what kind of centered our business around when I started doing custom hats was to. Uh, really make it about the working guy and so i try to set our prices you know to, so the working guy could afford a nice hat and uh so uh i do restorations i do uh, uh you know shaping there and then uh we do our business uh here at our house you know online when when you got into hats and you started learning about hats there's a lot of styles. Mm-hmm. It and it kind of started back with John Stetson in the mid 1860s when he came out with the Boss of the Plains hat. Right. So the Boss of the Plains hat was like a massive seller. Can you tell us a little bit about the Boss of the Plains hat? Yeah, it's it's an interesting story with that because uh the story that I know is uh, he came uh, west. I think he was originally from Philadelphia, he was. which wasn't un- it wasn't uncommon for uh, especially a lot of the hat uh, companies to be on the East Coast back then. Uh, that's where all the industry was. But they came west, I believe, for uh, the drier climates. And uh, so uh, but anyway, he uh, I believe was the son of a hatter and had come west and uh on their trip, he had taken uh, some of the pelts that they had gotten uh, on the trip and it, uh, with his friends, and it actually began kneading this hair just to show them that he how he could make a felt body. And so he did that by hand uh, when they came west. And uh, the the interesting thing was that's just amazing to me that the hairs on the animals uh, like the beaver and the rabbit, they will actually begin to knead together through the heat and the steam and the hot water, and they bind together. And uh, that's exactly what he did by hand. And he formed a hat that uh, uh, had the wider brim, which out here with the the higher altitude, you need that, that sun protection. And uh, it, uh, the hat that he designed really became uh, the staple for the cowboy hat that we see today. And uh, so it just it's he formed that hat 
uh, the boss of the planes for any people who don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of like an open crown where there's no shape on it. It's kind of a shorter crown. You got the fl- uh, flat brim, and a lot of the historical pictures you will see will have the varying uh, different widths on the brim depending on the area that they they came from, and uh, that that really became and what started uh, the cowboy hat that uh, that we have today. Because that. That hat has, and, and, and if I make mistakes, please say, Mike, you're wrong. Because that's the only way that I learn. Like, don't, and you know what I mean? And, and people learn <laughs> is by saying, you know, you know, so-and-so or Mike, listen, that's not entirely correct. I want you to understand. So I don't feel offended at all. In the hat That'll be- for the boss of the plane. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. Go so, ahead. In the boss of the plane, the top of the hat is called the dome. It's like a dome hat, correct? Or a crown. Yeah, it's it's a crown. Crown. Is what, what we would call it, yeah. And in, in our market, we would say that's an open crown. An and open when we crown. say open, what people think of when they see open crown is the Hoss Cartwright, you know, that open where there's no shape on it. There's no pinch to the front. It's just the, the crown like it was originally designed when it came off the block. It's just uh, round on the top. That's an open crown. So that open crown hat was on the boss of the plane's hat. Mm-hmm. And it was made all part of it. And it really, it, it defined the cowboy. It defined the 1800s because people were wearing hats left over from Civil War or from the state that they lived in? Because you mentioned to me that there's a difference between an East Coast hat and a West Coast hat. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's even today. You know, we do, uh, we have the college national finals here in Casper. And um, so every year, I mean, we get people from all over the, the world, you know, here in the, in, in Casper, Wyoming for this event. And it's interesting because you get to the point after the 10 days of the, or the week of the rodeo, you know, you, you're seeing people walking through the door and you can almost look at them by the hat that they're wearing and, and tell them what part of the country they're from. And, uh, it's, uh, it's kind of like an identifier, you know, for people, uh, because it's such a part of their personality. So yeah, you're exactly right. There's a big difference. What I do, like if I'm shaping hats, uh, and person starts telling me kind of how they want it, I can almost tell, you know, where they're from, you know, when, when they start telling me that, how much they want a hat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it, it really kind of, uh, it's part of the person, really. So as the boss of the hat then, or boss of the plane's hat get going, mm-hmm. the Stetson then decided to put a crease, and they made a hat called the Carlsbad. Okay. And it had a crease down the front. Mm-hmm. What is that hat called? Because I think that is probably what most folks see. Like I took a picture of my hat and I sent it to you. It had that crease right. down the middle. What were the What are the different types of domes? Like there's the... The dome hat and then the crease. I've I've all I've seen. There's how many different types of domes can there be? Is there a lot? Oh yeah, there's there's a bunch. It's like uh, I, I had given you I think uh, a page where it showed all the different hat styles uh, from the differences in how you can do the brims uh, to uh, the crown itself. And so when you start looking at the crowns and and 
one thing I have to do when we're doing custom hats is I have found that the terminology can be different, again, depending on what part of the country people are from. And so what I might call a, uh, a packer or a Montana crease, uh, most people would identify with something called the Gus from the TV show Lonesome Dove. And so you've got that. There's another one that's called the Montana Peak. And uh, when you look at that, it reminds you of like the old campaign hats where they've got the four uh, dimples on the on the crown all the way around. And uh, you can look at that. And then there's one called the Russell, which is exactly the same shape. The only difference is when you look at the uh, the Montana Peak, that the crease is right down the center of the face on the of the crown whereas the russell the dimple is right at the center of the of the hat and so uh it's just shifted over uh for for that hat you can have uh what is called a cutter you can have a cattleman's uh i mean it's uh, a center fire is another one uh puncher is is another hat crease that you see a lot in west texas and uh, is very, very popular right now. You're seeing a lot of that, I think, in, uh, on the ranches and, and in rodeo right now. So there's a lot of different creases that you can do. And I think one thing you have to keep in mind, and I tell people this with their hats, is uh, especially if a person, we get so many people to come into the store that, uh, you know, they're in Wyoming maybe for the first time, and uh, they've never worn a Western hat, a big-brimmed hat before. And uh, so they're looking for help. And I always tell them, I said, you make sure you wear that hat and don't let the hat wear you. And, and there's so much uh, that uh, is, is right about that because I see people sometimes they buy these hats, kind of maybe spur of the moment, and then they're just self-conscious about it And when they're wearing the hat. And that should not be at all. The hat should be just an extension of who that person is. You know, it's just part of your personality. It's part of a person's style. I always like, I know I'm going to mess this up, but I think it was C.M. Russell that once said, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said a great hat is like an old friend. He says it's just comfortable. And I like that because that's the way a hat should be. It should make us feel comfortable. It should make us be more of ourselves rather than making us self-conscious. So, like, when we're doing hats, I really try to talk to people about, you know, how are you going to be wearing this hat? Is it going to be something you're going to wear maybe just for special occasions? Is it something you're going to wear, you know, like during the week when you're going to work? And what kind of area are you in? I have people that come in, they're from New York City, and they're looking for a for a hat. Well, I try to fit them with a hat that I think will help them to not not just blend in, but I want them to speak, uh, uh, to come out as an uh, extension of them, but to also be something that they, they're going to be comfortable wearing in the, in the, the city or wherever they're going back to. So uh, all of the different crown shapes, uh, and there's a, there is a bunch, um, I have people come in and they'll look at it at, at all the different uh, uh, possibilities, and uh, I really try to discuss it with them and, and make sure this is something they really want. It's something that's going to work for them, and it's going to be something that's just not a one-time thing, but it's, they can go back and actually enjoy the hat when they get back home. But I think what you said earlier is true, that people are self-conscious about the hat. Now, during COVID, 
my wife and I, and I live here in Arizona, we went down to Tombstone and uh, we supported the town. We spent way more money than we should have, but we went to lunch and dinner and and went shopping in the stores and stuff. And one of the things that we did, there's a Stetson store in town, and we we bought a hat and I and I got one, and um, you know it's got the crease down the middle and it's a black hat. But I think the self-conscious part comes in because I am not a hat wearer. And when I wear a hat, I feel self-conscious about wearing a hat. But I, I feel self-conscious wearing a baseball hat because I don't mm-hmm. wear a hat. And it's such an unnatural part of my personality or who I am because I'm tall and I'm a big man and at the same time. That when I wear a hat, I look almost taller and mm-hmm. I become self-conscious. How does how does a person get a hat then? Is it is it a time thing where you have to just wear it with time? Or is it that you believe that somebody puts a hat on and they say, Wow, that's exactly me? You know, it's it's interesting because when you come I have so many people come into the store and they and they they have an idea in their mind as far as the hat they want. And, and the idea that they have is because they've seen it in a movie and man, that hat really looked good on Tom Selleck. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the Quigley down under hat is a good example of that. I have a lot of people that's ordered that and that's a huge hat. I mean, that's a seven inch crown, five inch brim that he wore in that movie. And so what people think is going to look good on them, uh, because it looked good on Mr. Selleck is not necessarily true. And so when, when we're sizing or, you know, shaping a hat for a person, I always try to fit that hat to their proportions. So like yourself, you're a big man, you can carry a big hat. And so I would work through that with you showing you how, you know, how much brim would look good on you, you know, the width, uh, if depending on not necessarily your, your, uh, height as much as your facial features, you know, what the shape of your face is, you know, how that hat can complement, or it can actually take away, you know, if you have somebody that's got a long oval face, the last thing you're going to want to do is put a great big tall crown on top of them because that's going to make that hat, uh, make their face look even longer than it already is. So you always look to to compliment somebody. So the way I was taught when I first started doing, uh, doing hats was I would look to about the middle of a person's shoulders and where that hat turns up on the side on the Western hat, I would try to do that to the middle of their shoulders would be kind of my gauge where I wanted that hat to turn up. Mm-hmm. And so that keeps it proportionate. Uh, same way when you're doing the width, you know, where the, uh, how wide the brim is in, in the front. Uh, now, you know, especially with rodeo and a lot of the, the, the what they're wearing now and what's popular is they get really wide and boxy on the front and I can do that for you. And, um, but they get so wide on the front, it almost looks like they're wearing the hat backwards sometimes. So I try to fit the hat to the face and, uh, and to the, the, their, uh, their proportions as far as when we're shaping. And I think when we do that, it gives people more confidence when, when they look in the mirror and they go, wow, you know, that, that really looks nice. You know, I like how that looks. I like that color on me and I always tell the guys you know when we're standing there doing that you know we get to wear the hats we we the men or the gals either one 
but your spouse or, or your friend is one's going to have to be looking at you. So you got to give them a say so in that. So, so often I get the guys and they're, they're shaping the hat and all. And it's like, I always tell them, turn around and look at her. And if she, if it puts a smile on her face, we did a good job. And so that's kind of the gauge, you know, that we use on that. Sounds good to me. If you're wondering who we're talking to on this interview podcast, uh, we're talking to Dave McGullion. Dave is the owner of Wyoming Territory Custom Hats. If you want more information about Dave and his hats, uh, you can do so at his website at Y-O-W, and that is W-Y-O, Y-O, CustomHats.com. You can find him also on Facebook and Instagram at uh, Wyoming Territory Custom Hats. Um, easy to find, easy to get to. And, uh, and Dave will get, get a hold of you and contact you, and you guys can work out uh, all sorts of hat details. You and I spoke about how hats were made. Mm-hmm. Because in the 1800s, like today's technology, they could probably build a hat super quick. You build a hat much slower based upon Western old Western fundamentals. How were, how were cowboy hats made? How were they made in the 1800s? How did a cowboy, did it, was it a general type of hat or because I, I had read that a hat would cost up to $30 in the 1800s, mm-hmm. which was a lot of money then. And that, you know, it, it and you could get them anywhere from, you know, a buck and a half down to the, the bottom end hat. So how were hats made in the 1800s? How did the cowboy, did he get fit? Did he go to a store and pick based upon what a store had? How did the process go about? You know, it's, it's interesting to see the, that not a lot has changed in, in how the hats were made from back in the 1800s to what we see today. As a matter of fact, if you go, I've been through plant and where they make the hat bodies, just the raw bodies. And when when you walk through, a lot of the machines that they're using are 100 years old. So it's uh, the the process of how they make the, the felt hasn't really changed much at all over the years. I mean, it's hard to improve on on a, a good hat body when when they they've been doing it this long, so I mean when you walk through the process, it, it starts out just with the raw fur. Uh, they shake that out. It goes in and they start uh, uh, getting the impurities out of it. And depending on uh, just real quick, because I don't think a lot of people know this either. Like if you walk into a store and you start looking at hats, the felt that makes up those hats uh varies uh, a lot i mean when we have people that come in and and they're looking for a hat i walk them through this going you know the bottom line hat your entry level hat is going to be wool and uh, and so a wool hat is is notorious for attracting hair um it's i mean it just attracts hair like a magnet but but it's a good hat uh depending on how the person's going to use it if it's for warmth uh if they want a lower price point uh there's a lot of varying styles that they can find on that uh but but wool is the entry level and just a step above that is going to be the bison felt 
and a lot of people go for that because it's uh, it's made of buffalo and uh, but it has the same characteristics as the wool hats do where you get into your nicer hats is when it starts getting in where you see fur felt and fur felt most of your hats when you walk into like if you're buying it right off the shelf is going to be made of wild rabbit and uh, the wild rabbit uh, uh, forms it does a nice job it can it makes a really nice hat uh but i always tell people you know the comparison is i said do you ever have you ever seen a a wet rabbit out in the wild and everybody has it'll shed water for a while and then the rabbit gets these soaking wet and it's the same thing with the hat because it's made of the that that hair and it will repel water for a while it'll hold that shape really well but but over time uh it just soaks the water in where, where you get into your nice hats is when they start putting bees and 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 it's like you see a, a beaver come out of the river he's been swimming and he shakes a couple of times and he's totally dry it's the same principle with with the hats so i wear a pure beaver hat and if i'm getting the weather especially out here in wyoming uh it's snowing it's raining uh that hat will beat up like a freshly waxed car and you can shake your head and water just flies off of it. And so it makes that the the felt, it, it binds together tighter and it makes a better felt. It's more durable. It's more weather resistant. And it makes a lighter felt because of, of that. But so it's uh, it makes a hat more more comfortable to wear. So over time, the process of how they 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 made the hats really has not varied much at all from what I have seen. Uh, the cowboy would actually back in the 1800s. I mean, there were a lot of hatters back then, and they could actually go into a store and. and uh, be fitted or or uh, but a lot of them was just like today i mean uh i was watching a movie the other day is where they were walking down the boardwalk and they're looking in store windows and and they're talking about the shape of this hat and that's not his style and 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 it's that hasn't changed at all to what we see people doing today so it had the factory hats that would come out uh, they would be just like the boss of the plane. You see so many of those in old historical pictures that uh, they look almost exactly alike uh, because they probably are. Uh, but then you see some that <clears throat> are totally different and they have a different style. <clears throat> they have a different crown. They have a different uh, uh, brim width or how it's rolled. And uh, uh, that's probably something that they got that was custom made or handled by a hatter or over time, the Cowboys just kind of formed it himself. But you had mentioned a machine. I can't remember the a machine. You had said that, uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I know I'm like a Fillmore or something like that. You had You had said that this is how they made hats in the day. So yeah, what you're talking about the fitting, how they used to do the yeah, fittings. Yeah, how did they do it. the fittings in that period? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you go into like some of the shops you see today, it's a contraption that they have and it's it's uh the thing is way over 100 years old most of them. Uh, and they put it down on their head and it would actually it have tabs. And it would go around and it would get the the shape of the head. And so what they would do is there's a, there was a piece of paper that they would put on top with these pins that would give the outline from the tabs to give the shape of their head. And so that was called a conformator. Uh, 
And so they would put that conformator down on their head, get the shape on this paper. And then this paper would be small because it's just over the top of the head. Then they've got a device that's calibrated with this conformator called a vermilion. And the vermilion would actually, uh, by putting that paper in the center, they could build a block uh, to shape that hat off of that would be shaped to the uh, form of the person's head. And we do something very similar. I don't use the 100-year-old device. It's something uh, more modernized, but it does the exact same job. We've got a, a device called a conformator that we send people, and they're able to put that on their head. And it's got all these tabs. And uh, once they get it on their head where it's uh, it's shaped, it's, it's to the place where the hat needs to sit, uh, they tighten it up. They put uh, their hat or their their head shape on a card stock, and they send that back to me. That gives me not only the shape of their head, but it gives me the center line that I can form that hat to. And that's exactly what they did back a hundred years ago uh, when they were they were doing hats. I don't need a vermilion because I'm using. I build a form here uh, that I actually send back with the the hat, so that people can leave that in the hat if they want to when they're not wearing it. And it keeps the hat stretched out so it never shrinks down on them. And it'll keep that hat where it's nice when they're wearing it so it never gets too tight on them. And uh, so uh, that's something that we offer here through uh, the basically the same same thing as that conformator and the vermilion that they did all those years ago. And again, if this interests you, uh, this is Dave Magullion from Wyo Custom Hats at Wyo, Wyoming Territory Custom Hats, and you can get a hold of them at wildcustomhats.com. There was, um, I had asked a question to you in one of our conversations about cowboy hat etiquette. And I remember a story back when I interviewed Bob Bozebell. And in the interview, and it may have been in the interview or it may have been through talk. I can't remember if it's there. Let me know because I know you listen to the Bob Bozebell interview. Mm -hmm. Bob made a comment that he went to the dentist and he set his hat on the counter. And a lady, the, the, the tooth cleaner or whatever her, you know, the lady who does a teeth cleaning. She said, oh, she picked up his hat and he said, don't touch my hat. You know, don't touch another man's hat. <laughs> and she said, well, can I wear the hat? Can I wear your hat, Bob? And Bob said, sure, as long as I can wear your underwear. Now, <laughs> that is Bob Bozebell all the way. I could see that happening. But what brought it up was our discussion, and I asked Bob about cowboy hat etiquette, and I'm gonna, and we got, and I got some great responses. And to you, there was etiquette. You know, there is a, a way to set the hat, the hat on a counter. Mm-hmm. What is the way to set the hat? Because I'm, you told me the story, but I, I want you to tell it, about why you put a cowboy hat a certain way. Yeah, you know, it's, it's uh, uh, the story is 
uh, when a person sets a hat down, that's that's a that's a dead giveaway. When when you have somebody that uh, hasn't worn a hat before, it's how they set a hat down, like on a flat surface. And uh, it most of the time, what you'll see is a person who isn't familiar with the hats. They'll set it down on the brim, and a cowboy will tell you you're dumping your luck out when you do that. And, and I always tell people that the last thing you want to do is dump all your luck out. And I mean, I've even had guys tell me you never see a hat set down like that, uh, except at a funeral. You know, you'll see it. You'll see it on the on the body with the brim down. But most of the time, what you'll see is a guy that's or a gal that's uh, used to a hat. They'll always set it on the on the crown. Keeps that brim nice. It, you don't lose the shape. It, it doesn't flatten the brim out because most most people want a little dip in the front. Some want a dip in the front and the back. So it keeps that brim uh, shape nice for you is really the, the, the value of doing that. Uh, if you have to set the hat down on a flat surface, you're not able to set it on the crown. You always set it uh, front side off the edge and uh, you can set it down on a flat surface and that leaves that dip going off that edge and keeps it nice, the, the shape nice on the hat when you do that. So the, so that's really the etiquette when you set that hat down. That, that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's something that's just commonplace, especially out here that you see. Well, there's, there's some things I pulled off the Internet about hat etiquette. And then, mm-hmm. you know, let me know if there's a discussion on it. Some standard baseline points of etiquette. Anytime you enter a building, the hat should come off. If it is an informal occasion, you may put it back on, but for a formal occasion, it should stay off. When sitting down at a table for a meal, the hat should come off unless there is nowhere to safely lay the hat. I love that one. Mm -hmm. When sitting down at a counter for a meal, the hat can stay on. Out of out on the range, however, keep your hat on while you eat. If you take your hat off, another wrangler might step on it or spill food on the rim. Is that pretty close? Yeah, all of that's pretty close. It's I mean, a lot of that's written uh, back in the time when when a lot of people wore hats and uh, people were more familiar with the proper etiquette with hats. Uh, what you see now is, I mean, there's not as many people that wear hats. And so you go into a restaurant. And I liked what you said on, on that, that you, you, you take the hat off if there's a, if there's a good place to set it down. Uh, that means you don't set, I mean, it, like me, I've got a pure beaver. I'm not going to set that hat down on the floor underneath my chair. Uh, you know, I, I want that there to be a decent place to put the hat. And unfortunately, a lot of p- places you go in now that they're not set up, uh, to handle hats. A formal affair, yes, I can see that. The problem you get into is, uh, I mean, I wouldn't want to leave my hat out by on a hook out by the door because I can almost promise you when I go out after eating dinner, it's not going to be there when I when I get ready to leave. So, I mean, you have to kind of use some common sense with that as well. I think one thing that I see out here in Wyoming, I see this every day and I just, I love this because uh, for the area that we live in is I will have a, a guy wearing a hat and somebody will bring a lady up for the very first time and introduce him. And they will always, always take that hat off. 
and they'll hold it in their arm and they will shake the hand of the lady and then they put the hat back on. I just think that that's just, it, it's formal, but I, but I think that's, um, it, it's, I like that tradition. I like that's Western tradition to me. And, and I like that. I wish we had more of that in our country today is, uh, rather than being so nonchalant, it's, uh, um, take that hat off and, and out of respect, I think is, and then it's, it's something we miss today. Well, in this little article was when to remove your cowboy hat. Mm-hmm. So it says that during the national anthem, the Pledge of Allegiance, yep. the passing of the flag, in church, during prayer, during an indoor wedding, a funeral indoors, or the passing of a casket in the funeral procession. Then you hold your heart. You may also hold your hat in your right hand, following by holding your hat over your heart. Either way is acceptable. Now, right. this one you mentioned, when you're yep. introduced to a woman, if warranted, remove the hat by the crown with your left hand so that you may mm-hmm. shake her right hand. That's basically what you said. Exactly the same yep, thing. Exactly. Yep. This should also apply to anyone who is your elder or a man of the cloth. In other words, the clergy, a pastor, priest, etc. When you begin a conversation with anyone that is, but not needed if you're just saying hello. So if you start to have a long conversation, take off your hat. But if you're just saying hello as you pass by, you can leave it on. It is generally considered to always remove your hat while in a private home. Unless, unless others are wearing the hats, it is then considered to be at a blessing of your host or your hostess. And then always remove the hat by the crown, never by the rim. Or by the brim. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you agree with most of that then about, yeah. especially the right hand part where you take the hat off with your left hand by the crown to shake a lady's hand with her right hand. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think it all goes back to, you know, what I said was, uh, it's all about respect. And, uh, I know it's, it's, it's an old fashioned tradition that, uh, a lot of people don't, don't honor anymore. But, but again, I think that says a lot about our Western culture and the heritage that we have out here, that that's still honored in, in, in so many, uh, ways and areas, uh, where we live and and that's something i really admire you know uh with the ranch culture and and uh the people that we have out here it's just uh that that is still observed you know uh uh we still open doors for the ladies and i know some people don't like that and it's like uh, a lot of the old stuff that seems to have gone uh to the to away from us and our culture uh is still honored and lived out every day here and uh, it's something that I just really adore, you know, with Wyoming and, and the Western states. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's true. I think what you said is true. And I notice changes the further east I go into the Midwest that that people still will wave. <laughs> you know, that's a weird one. You're driving down the road and somebody will wave hello and I'm looking around going, who are they waving to? Um, I think that, that, that as you move into the Western States, 
and you move into the northwestern states, that, that a lot of the etiquette comes back. It's just the way it's taught. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, and it's, and not to veer off on this, but it's right. like, uh, I, I, I like, um, you know, like, I, I, I think we opened up the talking about, I like working in these Western stores. I like working with people on these hats. Uh, and a lot of that is because, I mean, I, a lot of guys, um, they do hats for a lot of different, uh, uh, genres or, or different types of people and different types of hat. I really try to focus on the Western culture. And I, and I think even if you look at our website, our, our slogan is keeping the, the Western spirit alive. And, and that's really what we're all about is I like working with those, those kind of people. And it's, and it's so just to go along with what we're saying here. I mean, when you talk to these people, they look you in the eye. You know, you don't have to worry about people looking down all the time. They look you in the eye. They, they, they're used to, uh, personal uh relationships and not just uh, texting with their thumbs or whatever and i think so much of that is 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 gone you know we're losing that in our country and uh you know at my age i mean like i said i was a kid of the 60s i i i adore that i mean i i want that i think that's something that's so lacking Mm -hmm. and uh and that is so prominent still out here mm-hmm. and uh it's something that uh, we have people that you know right now and, and i know in arizona you guys are going through the same thing we're getting a lot of people you know trying to escape a lot of stuff on different coasts or whatever and uh they come out and that's one of the first things you know when they're, when they're talking is is how you know they like people you know it's like one-on-one they 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 like that personal contact and uh, I think it's been so lacking that people are are craving that, and uh, they're finding that you know in some of these uh, states, you know, where uh, we still have traditions, you know, that we honor, and uh, we like to say Wyoming's the way America used to be, and I think that's so true, mm-hmm. and uh, I hope we never lose that. Well, I don't think they're going to lose it because they have you making hats, <laughs> and that's that's a big part of it. Is there? You and I could go on on a separate podcast on that one. That would be a whole complete different. <laughs> we show our age. Um, uh-huh. If a person's listening and they're like, wow, you've changed my opinion or, you know what, I, I would love to ha- a hat. I would love to get a hat. Obviously, you know, you can get a hold of Dave at wildcustomhats.com. But if they didn't get a hold of Dave at Wild Custom Hats. Would there be something that you could tell them, like, listen, you're you're just entering the hat market, don't do this, or don't buy, like, like I'm in air conditioning, so I tell apprentices, when they start off in the trade, don't go buy the most expensive tools, because you're going to break them, and the smaller, cheaper tools break just as easily, so is there something about hats that a, that a newbie, a new person should keep in mind yeah i think i think again i mean we offer three different qualities of hats uh at wyoming territory custom hats we got the the staple we call it our entry level and that's just pure rabbit it's just uh, like any other fur felt hats you would buy off the shelf 
Uh, and uh, so we have that. And then you start getting into the nicer hats where you get a beaver blend, and then you can get into where it's pure beaver. We go up from there. You can do a belly fur beaver. You can do a, a hat mixed with mink or chinchilla. Uh, but the three basic ones that we offer are the staple, the beaver blend, and the pure beaver. And that's when I'm talking to people is, you know, and people need to realize and think, uh, you know, how often am I going to wear this hat? I mean, what's the purpose of getting a hat? And uh, if it's something that's just going to be worn on occasions, uh, I would really steer somebody, you know, even though I'm in the market to sell, I mean, I'm in the business to sell a hat. I would really tell them, you know, you're probably better off to do a staple and that will serve them well. You know, to, to uh, go wherever, you know, ever so often to the annual rodeo or the fair and and uh, the rest of the time it's going to sit in a closet or, you know, on a hat rack. Uh, yeah, just spend the money on that. But then if you get a guy or a gal that's going to be wearing a hat, you know, more regularly, you know, they're going to be out in the weather. They're looking for something for protection. I always steer them toward that with the beaver. And uh, in my opinion, uh, I mean, when you got the beaver, if you do pure beaver, I think that's as good, good a hat as you're ever going to buy. And uh, that hat will last them a long time and it would serve them well. And you got so many options with that. And, and the hat can be uh, refurbished. Uh, you can send it in. I mean, uh, we can actually tear the hat down. Uh, redo it, reblock it, wash it. It looks just like a new one when we get through. Uh, when you have that beaver in there, it will withstand that for a longer period of time. Where, whereas if you buy one as pure rabbit, I mean, it's only going to stand up to that so, so long. So, uh, the pure beaver would be something that would last them a, a lot longer and serve them better. So it really depends on the person's, you know, they, they really need to be thinking about that when they go in is how's it going to be used? How often am I going to, going to wear it? And, uh, and, and, you know, how long are they wanting to keep it? So. Well, folks, that's that's Dave Magallion. We're already at 50 minutes. It went by super fast. Um, you can get a hold of Dave over at YOCustomHats.com. Y-O-W-Y-O, CustomHats.com. You can find Dave on Facebook and Instagram at Wyoming Territory Custom Hats. Um, is there, this is a loaded question, has nothing to do with hats. I ask it every time. <laughs> is there something about Dave that nobody knows that, you know, I like, like I tell all people, like I like Rocky Road ice cream and pickles or some something weird. Is there, is, are you doing exactly what you wanted to do for a living or have you always wanted to be a, a baseball player or, you know, is there something about Dave that, makes dave dave you know i was uh uh and it, it doesn't seem that long ago but uh i was really i, I was into training horses and uh, uh i'd gotten really heavily into i was riding for a reigning horse trainer at the time and and uh, uh, been studying a lot of different clinicians and people that know horses will know these names that i'm going to throw out it's like 
Palm and, and Bill Dorrance and, and, uh, Ray Hunt and, and, uh, John Lyons, Craig Cameron, uh, I mean, all these clinicians and trainers and, and, uh, people, they, they really started a new wave, uh, with horses and, uh, uh doing more, uh, natural horsemanship. And, uh, so I really got into that pretty heavily to the point that, uh, I was looking to go into that full time. And, uh, it, you know, uh, training horses is a good life. It just doesn't pay a whole lot. So, uh, that was probably a good thing. I didn't do that, but, uh, uh, hats keep me around the same kind of people. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I think that's part of the reason I love doing hats so much is that it's keeping me in that same environment with the people I get to work with. Fair enough. All right. Well, like I said, if you want to get a hold of Dave, you can do so at wyocustomhats.com. Or you can find Dave everywhere on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Wyoming Territory Custom Hats. As always, I want to thank Dave. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. And uh, if you have any feedback about this podcast, um, you can get a hold of me on my blue collar email address at hvacreferguy, h-v-a-c-r-e-f-e-r-guy at g gmail.com if you have any questions or comments about uh, the podcast. And you can get a hold of Dave direct at yocustomhats.com. There's a spot on the website. This is contact, and he'll answer you right back. I want to thank uh, my friends over at the Tombstone Epitaph, uh, Arizona's longest-running paper. It's a true piece of Arizona history delivered right to your door. Right to your door, you get Arizona history, and I urge you to subscribe. It is an awesome paper, about 20, 20-plus 20 pages long. You get some Bob Bozbell artwork. You get amazing history, research, deep research articles and pictures. You're going to love it. And, and again, it's only 60 bucks for three years. If you do the $25 a year, that's great. But if you do 60 you end up saving 15 bucks. And I don't know about you, but I like saving money. And you can do so at tombstoneepitaph.com. I want to thank also my friends at the WWHA, the Wild West History Association. Uh, truly deep researched history with the journal. And then in 2022, um, you can go to the Roundup, which is going to be up in, uh, I think, Rapid City. Uh, Deadwood. Uh, I'm actually going to be in Casper. If everything works out for me, um, I'll be staying in Casper and I'm hoping to meet Dave and I'll be going to the store and get to see where he works and, uh, and see his beautiful custom hats. And we'll be posting some content about that. But if you do want to become a member of the WWHA, you can do so at wildwesthistory.org wildwesthistory.org and I urge you to join and become a member and it's 175 bucks for 3 years 2 years is 125 or 3 years is or and excuse me 1 year is 75 2 years is 125 and 3 years is 175 the 175 is going to save you a ton of money um I also want to thank the folks over at the St. Mary's Food Bank that's our charity for this year if, um, gosh, you know what, if you, if you are looking for a charity, find a food bank near you because it literally almost, a, it, they match almost every dollar, uh, or not match, but every dollar goes to the food bank. It doesn't get caught up in admin fees, and you can find that at uh, St. Mary's Food Bank here in Phoenix or at a food bank near you. Is there anything that you want to add, Dave? Any charities, anything that's going on that you're involved in? 
Uh, no, not really. I mean, I just appreciate the time that you've given me on your podcast. This, sure. this has been a pleasure. Sure. And if if we want to do another one, would you come back? Would Definitely. You do okay, you heard. Yeah. It. Okay. You this wasn't it. painless. wasn't painless at all. No, no Novocaine. We didn't have to shoot you up <laughs> or nothing like that. I no, told you it was good. Be. Yeah, and so um, Dave is just a good dude. I mean, I, I haven't met him personally, but we've had long talks over the phone, and uh, he's just a good a good person. I don't own one of his hats. Maybe one day, but the the goal on it is for for people that are wondering about cowboy hats and wondering about hats and and the history of hats and the and cowboy etiquette. You know, go out and get one. You know, if you're if you're a newbie to hats like I am, you don't have to spend hundreds of dollars. You can get a, a fun hat and you can try it on. And then as you progress in hats, like Dave said, then give them a call and say, you know what, I'm interested in something a little different, something that's a custom fit that really brings out my personality. Dave is going to be your guy. And again, he's over at wildcustomhats.com. So until next time, if you can, also on this podcast, if you're on iTunes, please leave a review. Um, let me know if it's a five-star or four-star. Go ahead and vote. You know, Be honest on it. If you don't like it, then give me a one. If you love it, give me a five-star. But uh, leave comments and reviews and stuff because that helps uh, iTunes get out the podcast um, and gets uh, people out to know about where we are. As always, work safe, be safe, safe travels. Have an amazing day, and we'll see you next time.